You're listening to the Watermark OC Church Sunday morning Q&A portion of our Sunday service. At Watermark, we have a mission statement that says we want to build a generational community that flourishes in God conversations and the authentic love of Jesus. So one Sunday, every teaching series at least, we hope to model how to have these God conversations. And uh, the Q&A that you're going to hear is by no means an effort to prove that we are the Bible answer people. And uh, it's not stump a pastor. Actually, the aim is simply to give you a humble model for how to do this in the areas where you live, work, and play, how to thoughtfully and empathetically engage in a dialogue with your friends, neighbors, family, and coworkers. So having said that, we sincerely hope you enjoy. And if you have questions, Feel free to email us at watermarkoc.com slash questions. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, guys. Ben, we got some questions? Yeah. Um, we want to do Q&A today because we're ending a teaching series, and we try and do that every time at the end of a teaching series, just to model one of our values of God conversations, not just proclamation like Bucky's done such a solid biblical job of today, but also stirring up conversations so you can email totally anonymous questions using the link above, and I'll just uh, go ahead and read your minds. The first question on everyone's mind is, what's up with the crutches, Ben? And uh, I'm not just setting this up for a melodramatic uh, healing service. It's uh, unfortunately, well, although I'll accept that if anyone's got that kind of, you know, spiritual mojo, but um, actually I've, uh, I've uh, hurt my Achilles and I'll have to go in for surgery. So you guys can um, pray for that. I have no pain right now by the grace of God. Um, so and I'm going to be okay and I'm in good hands. Um, but uh, just to answer that question ahead of any other great Bible questions you may have this morning. We got a lot of questions last service about uh, what should we save then? Or what then can we invest? Or how much should we give? And so maybe you have a practical question like that as a follow-up, a clarifying question. Maybe you're not sure how you heard Bucky today. Well, let's, let's start that dialogue right now. And we'll be ready um, in person. If anyone wants to raise their hand, we'll send the mic around or anonymously using the website. So here's a question. You want to jump with this one, Ben? Sure. Pertaining to saving, what is the biblical model for how much we should be setting aside for personal savings? What is wise? How do we save without putting too much trust in our own financial gains and trust God for his position? Provision, excuse me. Um, I think savings is a very wise thing. I think the, the biblical model for how we manage our wealth is obviously we provide for our family the basic needs of our family or, or whatever we're talking about, right? That's food, shelter, those things. That's something that God gives us money to do. And also, we save money. Save money is wise. The Proverbs talk about the wisdom of saving money. Look at what happened with the, the prophet Joseph in Israel. What did he do? He saved grain during years of plenty so he could take care of the people when there was a lot. Saving is a wise thing. And the third thing is generosity. And that's in the Old Testament, the tithe. In the New Testament, it's about a generous heart. Could be 10, could be even more. Those are the three buckets, and savings is a wise bucket. Ben, when you're talking about in that overall picture, savings, how do you determine, as they said, what's, what's the wise thing to do with savings? Not too much, not too little. How do we do that? Yeah, maybe for some of you, uh, you've heard of the name Dave Ramsey already. That's a household name for you. But if you haven't, I cannot commend him enough to you. It's, it's, it's Bible-based finance, personal finance. And part of his 10 steps for just getting your house in order, whether you're single, married, kids, doesn't matter, is to get a $1,000 rainy day fund. 
And, and he knows because he's spoken to thousands of people, painful stories on his radio program, just, just pouring their hearts out, so depressed, so terrified of their future. $1,000 in the bank right away. You sprint to put $1,000 down. And the next step that comes down the road is three to six month expenses in your savings, three to six month expenses to put away for that rainy day that we know will come. He talks a lot more just, just to even save time for today. If you have questions about investment and how to give money away and all the real estate, all that stuff he covers in his basic, basic program. So please, if you haven't already, look up Dave Ramsey. One of those questions he talks about that has already come in as well is what's an appropriate amount to tithe? So the word tithe comes directly from scripture. It, the literal translation is 10%. But uh, like Bucky even talked about in the latter half of his message, we have a, a reference. And this is how we teach people at Watermark. I'm just going to tell you. You can go back and look at the message in our archives called God and Money. Go back, look at the message, God and Money. But it, we actually use a Levitical model for how to manage your money. Back then, in an average year, the, the people of God would have given about 22% of their possessions and their money, right? They're an ancient agrarian society, so may not have been coins and dollar bills. But there are three key areas translated for our purposes today. Go back to listen to the whole thing, but I'm giving you the preview. Three key areas that they would have given to. They would have given to the priest, party, poverty. Remember those three Ps? That's slick, right? You guys can remember three Ps. It's pretty slick, isn't it? Okay. Priest. Uh, party, poverty. So the first one was the priest. That's obvious back then. Today we translate that as, as pastor or church or missionary. So a percentage of your dollars can go to that. The Bible's really clear. Party, what's that? Well, they had festivals back then. Leviticus talks about all of these annual multiple festivals. You better believe it was a party to glorify God. That's what it was. But they didn't bring money. They brought their grain, their oil, all their, all their possessions for the glory of God. So when you host people in your home, yeah, yeah, when you host people in your apartment or you go out to dinner and, man, you're footing the bill or you're getting the preparations from the market to host people, that's a wonderful offering to the Lord to give his light and, and to glorify him to maybe non-believers or believers in your midst. And then finally, poverty is pretty self-explanatory, but there is no volume of verses in the Bible about money that comes even close to the to the material poor or the spiritual poor. There are thousands of, of references to the material and spiritual poor in the Bible. And Bucky's line up there, the best way to transfer your wealth to heaven, giving to the poor. So we recommend a mix of all of those things in your lifestyle. Next one, Bucky's all you. How can, how can one make the biggest difference serving in Watermark? I guess you're asking, what's, what's a way to have impact when you serve at Watermark? I think the first thing to do is go to our next guest class and hear the vision of our church, hear the values of our church, and hear what the needs of our church are at this point. Where, 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 where is the vision of our church, and where is our need for volunteer service in those places? Obviously, our children and youth are a place that we're trying to make a huge impact. Again, that's where most decisions are made for Christ. And so that's a huge area that you can make a huge impact of service. But there's tons of ministries. Yeah. Uh, homeless ministry or Mexico. I mean, all the ministries are important, yep. but, but we would like you to look at your spiritual gifts, uh, look at how God shaped you, look at where prayerfully God's pointing you, and we'd like to get you in the best place for you to flourish. I think that's the way that you make the biggest impact. Yeah, just three words. But, yeah. You've heard them before, but this is how much we mean them. We have banked everything on this. When we welcome everyone to church, we do announcements, and we say, receive, join, serve. That is the best way you can make a difference at Watermark. The whole process, saying yes to this is my committed community, that's receive. Join a group. Hey, guess what? When you get better, when you get more healthy, emotionally, spiritually, because you're in a group, 
and you're telling the truth about your life. You're practicing confession with them. You're receiving the Lord's love in your small group. When you get better, we're going to get better. That's why we say join a group. Join a small group or a Bible study. And then finally, yes, there's a, a whole website we've built. There's not just one area where you can serve. We actually want you to serve where your gifts, your God-given grace gifts, are best suited. There's 30-plus different things, public and private, where you can serve. We want you right in your sweet spot. Go to the website, click the serve link. You can see where all those, those areas are. We'll take one or two more. Okay, my question. Can you walk us through how psychologically and spiritually make it through, to make, how, how we make it through the first step of tithing if... If I've never give, come to the church before, yep. I'm really worried about giving my hard-earned money, I get it, to the church since I have bills to pay each month, and I'm worried about breaking my budget by giving away money to the church. That's a great question. What a courageous question. Thank you for asking that, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, one of the things that uh, Ben and I talk about um, is when you, the giving is a developmental thing. <laughs> You're not going to go from zero to 60 <laughs> in 60 seconds. I would say take a portion, a small portion, and begin to start giving that regularly. That's the beginning place. And then as you do that, begin to make a plan in the future as how you can increase that. Like 1%, then next year I'm going to go to 2%. Or all of a sudden I have, God provides, I could go to 4%. Developmental, give yourself grace. The question is that you're tithing, you're giving something, a regular amount. Maybe it's not 10%, but you're giving a regular amount that's outside of yourself. That's the formation that begins to change your soul. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Um, from the, the jump from giving nothing to something is the hardest one. It's the hardest one. So in, inherent in your question, you've hit the nail on the head. That's the absolute hardest step to make. But a one-time gift. We're not even talking about regular or percentage yet. A one-time gift. Bring a one-time gift and read and pray through what it says in Malachi chapter 3. Read, read what it says. When God says, and this is this whole thing, test me. Test me in this. We just, we just want to literally quote God and say the same thing back to you. If you're worried and troubled about that first step, test it and see what happens. I, I, all the people I've ever talked to who have given something, they haven't been promised prosperity from God. All their worries and troubles don't go away. They don't have all their miraculous healings done overnight. Uh, not, not, none of that, you know, maybe for some. But what I do have from every single person I've ever talked to that gave is they do feel blessed whether it be material or immaterial, they do feel the blessed provision of God guaranteed. I've never met someone who decided to give even a one-time gift that felt robbed by God. Never has that happened. First person experience or someone I met. And to this gentleman too, I would encourage them to get online with Dave Ramsey and go to Financial Peace University. It's a great equipping plan. We, we do this class in our church. It's a great way for you to understand what a budget is actually. And when you create a budget, tithing should be a part of the budget. It's not after the budget. I don't pay my bills, then whatever's left over, I tithing. No, tithing's a part of my budget. And so that will teach you to help you understand. That's a Christian worldview, I know. I understand that's a challenge. But you need to get around people that have a Christian worldview. And financial peace can help you move that, in that way. Yeah. Randy's going to come up. We're going to do communion in a second. But last two things really briefly. One, this one is, I think it's a joke, but it's making me smile regardless. It says, some people are so poor that all they have is money. And I think, I don't know no, if that's, that's a, a question. I'm sorry if I'm misreading that's, it. That's actually just, a great quote. I think that's I, awesome. I read that quote in my study. That's a great quote. I should have put it in my sermon. You, you have to job, understand man. the context, guys, right? It, maybe, hopefully you're getting this from Bucky's heart or our heart if you've been here any amount of time. We would never shame people with money. Just, just as a side note, we would never shame people that have money or even use money on themselves. 
or their precious fruits or gifts or resources that God has given them. We counsel wealthy people all the time. You don't have to feel bad that you're going on a trip. God bless you for taking your Sabbath and getting that quality time with your family. So we would never, ever, ever shame those who have money. Just know that. That's not biblical either, and that's unfounded. But I do love the levity there. One last one that did come in that's so fast but so critically important because I think you might have misheard something. It says, regarding building for sending, why are you building a separate church for Hispanics? Uh, So that that, that just, you got to. We're not. That's a semantic error that someone heard there. Um, Because I was listening, I heard it as well. It's for Spanish speakers. It's for Spanish speakers who their first language and their preference language is Spanish. So what we've done, and this is a proven track record, we've, we've studied this, that pretty much bilingual churches are really, really hard to sustain because those who speak fluently in either language are confused and challenged and distracted by the translation. Really hard to do. So we're not just, this is not off of a whim. We've studied this. And so after 10 years of having a Spanish-speaking church plant that we faithfully and lovingly, they're our brothers and sisters, they're our one family. 10 years ago, we started them. They're coming back to a building because they never had a building. For 10 years, they never had a building. And now we're taking 5,000 square feet to renovate it so they can have a permanent home and a gathering space for Spanish-only service. And in that model, it's one church, two languages, not two separate peoples, not two separate churches, not a greater than, less than. It's one family of God, two different languages. All of our kids will be in the same kids' classrooms. There's no separation there. It's just a venue for Spanish and a venue for English. So just thank you so much for that that question. It's really, really important. Sorry if I confuse people on that. That's not. Yeah, yeah, we got to get that right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bucky. All right, let's pray here. And uh, thanks for listening. And if you have any more questions, Ben and I are always here to help you through that, okay? And uh, he's, he'll come with his crutches, too. So let's bow our heads. Father, thanks so much for Ben. I do want to pray healing on his life. I want to pray healing for that Achilles and the right kind of doctor help for him. Bless him, raise him up, protect him, and his family, his beautiful wife. And Lord, protect us. Money is such a, a strong thing. It's such a, a powerful force, a false god. And we say no to that false god. We bind the, the lies of, of materialism. But we do thank you for money because it provides so much to us. Help us to find that balance to understand how to be generous, how to be wise with our money, how to save, how to spend, how to be balanced biblically. We thank you that you came and you redeemed us with your body and blood, and that gives us ultimate security. We celebrate now, that now at the table. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's episode covering the questions and answers from this particular topic. If you have further questions, remember watermarkoc.com questions. Or you can get in touch with a pastor. Go to watermarkoc.com, click on the link for Coffee with a Pastor. We would love to begin a conversation with you.